0: Yo, another podcast coming at you hot, flying through the speakers. Um, Today, we're going to tackle the lifestyle of being a hunting photographer, and I think this will be super insightful for a lot of you that are either doing it or considering becoming a photographer. Uh, It applies to hunting, but I think some of the general principles would apply to being a photographer uh, in general. So let's dive in. Hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Today's topic is
0: the lifestyle of a hunting photographer. Sick. Yeah. Drake knows way more about this than me. <laughs> Drake lives, eats, sleeps, drinks, breathes. Hunting and photography. Hunting and photography. I suppose I so. I used to. <laughs> yeah,
1: used, to, used not,
0: to. I do in heavy doses, but not on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. What do you like about the lifestyle of hunting photography first
1: i love boy i love the freedom the flexibility i travel a ton and i just turned 30 but like up until now and probably for a few foreseeable futures like as far as i can see like i will i can i will continue to love that um just like seeing new places and experiencing new things is Yeah, it's just a really great thing that gives you a heck of a lot of perspective, and you know I'm able to travel and do all this stuff without paying a dime because it ends up being sponsored by by a client, and uh, so that's pretty cool. And then it you know gives me purpose on these on these trips to go and really crush it with the camera. So so that that's that's one aspect that I absolutely love about it for sure. So yeah, another thing. I mean, a lot of these trips that I do, they're they're ten day type backpack hunts, and. Um, sometimes they're with people you've never met in your life. First time meeting them is when you jump on the bush plane, you're like, all right, here we go. Nice to meet you, <laughs> you fly off. Um, and so that, you know, 10 days in the mountains with anybody, or even one day out in the mountains with someone you, you get to learn about who they are and probably get to understand them better than 90% of people in, in their life and, and vice versa. And so it, it creates some, some really long, um, like lifetime bonds with those people. So.
0: Yeah, sharing a hunt with someone, you create a way deeper bond than like most activities on like that you do on a day to day basis.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So if you get to spend time with a multitude of different people, you get to meet and develop some pretty deep relationships pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the unfortunate part is that the amount of people that you get to have like that regular, consistent, time spent with them is pretty minimal. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the go all the time, um but yeah, I mean, obviously a hunting photographer or content creator either or you're on the road a lot. Like you're spending a lot of time away from home. Yeah. Which for some people they thrive off of it, other people couldn't do it. It's definitely like a unique position. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, unless you're working for a brand, you are your own business owner. And I think a huge part of the lifestyle is, I mean, that positive side of it is you have the freedom to work when you want to work. If you want to work really hard or not that much, like you kind of get to dictate that. Um, Like if you want to take time off to do something, you can. The downside of that, I think for me is that it's really hard to like shut work off, you know, like, especially if you work from home. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which is what we've basically always done.
0: Oh, I don't have anything to do. Like, I probably have something I can work on. Yeah. Get on your computer and (laughs) you start working on something, which is good for productivity. I mean, I guess it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's easy to be like, "Ah, I don't know what I'm doing with this work. And you just like go to the fridge or do your laundry or, you know, some days like, wow, I don't like, I would have been way more productive if I had a different space, but yeah. sometimes it's nice. That's just a tip in general for like anybody
1: that's in the freelance world is to try to get out of the house. You know, if you are working from home, just go to a coffee shop, whatever, use their Wi Fi even if it's for a couple hours, just cause you're going to have a very, a very focused time period when you're at the place like that, yeah. where there's nothing else to do
0: than what's right there in front of you. And, uh, but yeah yeah i've been doing that a lot but in the past it was all from home majority of the time yeah because i worked off like a desktop computer yeah Yeah. so that's the advantage (laughs) if you have a laptop that's fast and works well you can work wherever yeah and that's huge sometimes it's nice just to wake up and i'll just be wearing like gym shorts and t-shirt and that's like all i'll be in all day and i'll just work from home and might work from the desk for a while, go sit on the couch, <laughs> make some food. And watch some TV between here and there. <laughs> Which is nice because sometimes it's like, sometimes I'll get up. Well, now days I get up early all the time. But in the past, sometimes I'd get up at like 8.30 or 9 if it was hunting season and I'd been out late. And then I'd work, you know, till 10 or 11. Or if I wanted to go to the gym at 2 p.m., I could go to the gym. Or if I wanted to go to the bow shop. Like, the flexibility of dictating your schedule and, like, being able to adapt and work whenever you want, that was a huge aspect. Yeah. yeah. The lifestyle that I liked. Same here. And then the amount of time that you get to spend in the field and, like, the really cool experiences. Like, we both just love hunting and being, like, in the mountains, in wild places. You get to do a lot of that. So, huge pluses. For me, the downside was traveling and being away, especially if you want to develop deeper relationships with your family or with friends that aren't in the same industry, or even ones that are. Um, and then, if you have a significant other, that gets to be tricky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, um, they. It's hard sometimes for. People to understand what it is that you do and view it as work it's like oh you're just out hunting you're just playing you're just on social media you're just goofing around with photos like (laughs) you know like that's the outside perspective is that you're just having fun all the time like they don't see the grind because the front-facing aspect of your work is social media which the point of social media for the most part is to show the best moments so they just think that's going on all the time. Like people think you shed hunt every day, yeah. <laughs> or like you've been in here like six days in the last ten for twelve hours a day with me working on this course. But people are like, "Oh, dude, like Drake's out shed hunting every day." Just yeah, must be nice. He doesn't nice. work at all. Like, yeah, what with this? yeah. And I, I get a lot of people that
1: I've never met in my life message me on Instagram about that. Like dude, don't you work? Like, Were yeah. you like born into money? Like, how do you just like take all this time off? And I'm like, hey guys, like, no, I don't. I don't yeah. take time off. I'm, you know, I'm spending. Are
0: you a trust fund baby? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you get to do that all the time? It's like. <laughs> you know, uh, I was,
1: who cares, right? I'm just yeah. out doing, trying to do my best out there but uh, i mean yeah.
0: i'm glad that i've had to work for everything in my life but i mean i probably would not be complaining if i did get a yeah. check every month <laughs> like yeah <laughs> but yeah i guess the point of
1: all this i mean like yeah we work hard and we work really weird long hours and mm-hmm. we play hard and then when we're done playing hard we're back in front of the computer um i've always said that i and like i mean this is this is a fact i mean i, I spend probably twice the amount of time editing and working on my computer and coming up with trips and working on trot contracts and all the behind the scenes probably spend twice as much time doing that as I actually as I actually out like in the field shooting
0: yeah for sure it's like two or three times multiplier of spending time on your computer versus time in the field but again what people see is
1: the front-facing side of that and that's primarily your social media so
0: yeah so you definitely need to enjoy the craft of it yeah the business side of it yeah, and yeah, I mean, let's maybe go through like a year because def- different times of the year dictate different things as far as the lifestyle. Definitely, yeah. And probably just starting with fall is like, let's say August. Say August. For well, you, let, let's it's back start... up
1: a little bit, actually, because
0: okay. <laughs> my my fall is in,
1: very much dictated what by what happens in like kind of the springtime months, and so. Okay. So
0: when do we want to start the year? We just want to start on Jan one. Yeah, let's do, let's do physical year Jan one. Okay. So, <laughs> so January <laughs> right. one. So January one. Um, that's usually right
1: about when trade show season starts. And I go to probably three to five big trade shows a year. Yep. You know, working working booths as well as um, just going there, networking and meeting different clients and whatnot.
0: So how many days for you is like the average trade show? Uh the average trade show is probably four days yeah
1: so with a day of travel. On either so that's
0: like almost 20 days if you go to five yeah so that's a lot of time they're exhausting oh <laughs> dude it's brutal but like the point of
1: a trade show you know you're going to it you're networking you're meeting with clients you're talking about the year ahead and yep. then right after trade shows is like when you start you really well ideally you're you're dialing in like the trips and the the projects that that you know you want to do that year and so then yeah. kind of all spring you're spending a ton of time just going back and forth with the clients pitching pitching projects basically yeah and like you hit you come to the table with 20 projects and maybe they'll bite off on five or yeah. one or none. you don't really know so there's a lot of there's a lot of unknown there um and then you know hopefully by end of springtime june hopefully by june <laughs> like Cla- classic
0: drake <laughs> he goes from january to june in like <laughs> yeah. two seconds sorry sorry speaking well <laughs> inter
1: intermixed with with all of the uh pitching of trips and dealing with contracts and everything like yeah that that's that's kind of a springtime months there's not a whole lot of projects going on um and i absolutely love shed hunting yeah and so um this year i'm at i think i'm at 22 days so far Mm -hmm. um my goal is 30 so hopefully by the time we release this podcast we'll be at 30 or or more but uh, yeah so yeah i spend as, as much time out there doing that as i possibly can and uh yeah, then after that, it's hopefully like going on a lot of these trips and starting to roll out these projects that you'd pitched earlier in the year. Yeah, let's
0: let's jump back though. Okay. Trade shows. Trade shows. Well, I mean, you work the booth for some brands yeah. like yep. Sika, which is awesome way to do it because you get to meet a ton of people. You're there all day. Yep. You're forced to be. For someone that just wants to attend a trade show, I mean, what should they expect? should they expect you know like i mean if we're talking about the lifestyle what's the expectation like when you go to a trade show the first time we went was just like whoa super exhausting because you're on your feet all day like positive attitude upbeat like constantly every person you meet trying to like give them (laughs) good energy and it's like trade shows usually start what 8 or 9 a.m yep if you're working in the booth you're there probably a little bit early like, and then they go till five or six. A lot of times there's like booths that'll have drinks at the end yep. of a trade show. That goes straight into dinner. Yep. Dinner for a lot of people goes straight into like drinking at the bars. And people ditch out, 2 which is or probably the smartest move. Absolutely yeah. Absolutely. It's the smartest move. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure some business gets done at the bar too. But, <laughs> well, and that's the reality of it is
1: like business at the shows happens after hours happens outside those main kind of times because that's when people kind of loosen up and whether you're drinking or not just kind of being in that that atmosphere is just a much more kind of low-key time yeah but yeah so it's like you do that five days in a row or four days in a row Mm staying up till Mm -hmm. four in the morning and just like doing it again and again like it wears the heck out of you
0: yeah but i think it's a
1: necessary side of doing business for sure
0: yeah so that's like a couple months and then after that it's like three months of pitching projects, yep. which is super tiring because it's what, like one out of 10 projects maybe that gets like green lighted. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, I mean, it's great when brands come to you and say, hey, this is what we want to do. But a lot of times you got to pitch them ideas. Yeah. yeah, Dude, it's such a time commitment. Like when we worked on that video idea a couple of yep. years ago, like we spent a couple of weeks working on a pitch with time and drafting out this proposal and whatnot. And it just, it never went anywhere. Yeah, You know, you're like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, (laughs) I wish I could not spend so much time on that, but it's like a necessity. And then if you're strictly just doing hunting, you're probably not ultra busy. But I know for us, like if we did any film work in the previous fall, like you don't really get to editing it the first quarter of the year it's yep. like january february march so trying to mix all that in right? you're like trade shows editing you know or any last delivery from the end of hunting season and then it's like pitching new projects like you're thinking you're getting a break yeah from the past <laughs> fall but you're not it's just like kind of a, a vicious cycle a little bit and it seems like everybody is like yeah we're doing our budget at a different time yeah totally. and you want to get your ideas to them before they set their budget the ironic thing is like, yeah, you're
1: not traveling, you're not as on as many trips, but it's like springtime and winter is like yeah. absolutely the most stressful. Oh yeah, you're stressed it's way out way more you're like,
0: I don't know what I'm going to be doing this fall, how busy I'm going to be, if I'm going to be making good money or if I'm not going to get projects and not be making good yeah. money, like <laughs> how hard do I need to hustle right now, is this project going to come through, it's like, oh. So yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm
1: around in like the month of April and then it's like, well, yeah, I'm physically in Montana, but like jeez i'm more busy now than i stressed out more now than ever yeah <laughs> send me to the mountains for 10 days life's pretty simple
0: <laughs> yeah so drake shed hunts a lot yeah oh yeah which so is like definitely. that's like your like personal time it seems like yeah for the year though yep. yeah yeah I mean, I mean you you get personal time intermixed but it seems yeah. like shed hunting is like one of your bigger chunks of you time yeah absolutely yeah i think everybody
1: kind of needs their own their own release whether it's related or unrelated to their work or anything yeah. you just need something that you can go and escape to and it just um for me just going to the mountains in general is like a huge kind of escape yeah and uh shed hunting is just kind of vehicle that gets me there so yeah works out good because
0: it doesn't really conflict
1: with too many other projects yeah yeah <laughs> i did turn down going to mexico for desert sheep hunt this year <laughs> <laughs> which is like such a hard thing to do but i was like you know like the lifestyle i want to live yeah oh I, well, I just bought a big camp, like a sweet camper too i was like i want to spend time in that camper i want to do this i want to do it for me just because i think everybody needs that and i would i would hate to get burnout i would hate to get to a point where i would like hated what i loved or or, or like I, yeah you know the, the work side of things became so you know, some matters matters so much that it consumed it to the point where I didn't really enjoy it anymore. So it's yeah. good to
0: keep some, some of it for yourself. Yeah. You have to do a little bit on your own and that comes to another point. Do you, so the lifestyle we live, we're so used to just always documenting that when you have your personal time, I mean, I've had personal hunts where I've documented it and enjoyed it. And then I've had other ones where I don't even like pull the camera out. Yeah. And enjoyed it, but almost felt bad. Like, oh, did I miss something epic today? Like, I didn't pull the camera out at all. How do you go about that when it's like your personal time? Yeah, kind of do both, or do you just see how you feel on like a day to day basis? It's usually see how I feel on a day to day basis. If if I go into something with a
1: plan, I will like always execute. But if I just go out one day and I'm like, I was gonna bring my camera, like, and if it's a personal thing or there's no deliverable or anything, um um yeah then it just kind of becomes like yeah either like eh, i'm just gonna not shoot photos or maybe i am but like i always take my camera whether i pull it out or not like i've learned more times than not it's like always take with you like you might see the most epic crazy thing in your life and if you didn't have your camera you would be pissed you would be so mad so yeah i've done that with bow hunting a few times too where i was like oh i'm just gonna go run over this ridge really quick it's like (laughs) 10 yards away i'm just gonna go look and i do that and like whatever there's like a 350 bowl stand on their broadside and you're like i don't have my bow. yeah <laughs> i've done that twice <laughs> and i yeah and now I don't I'm leave like, your
0: boat or your camera <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
1: so even even if i'm feeling like super lazy and i'm like whatever it's like yeah i still do it just because like there is that slight possibility but uh
0: yeah so summertime is always really busy for me more so because i like to fish yeah and do some scouting yeah i don't feel like i'm super busy usually on projects in the summer are you like what does your summer look like i mean this
1: summer i'm going to new zealand and australia yeah in like three weeks actually and then if you are working in kind of that sheep hunting world i mean northwest territories you can start you know doll sheep hunting on july 15th and so yeah so, over the years, I've been on a lot of those hunts where it's, like, you might trail in with horses starting July 1st. So, it's, like, I'll have a little bit of June. Yeah. But, if you know, if you're going overseas, New Zealand or something, it's – basically, it's a year-round deal. Sure. You, you know, there's, there's times that outside of the general fall season that you might have a little bit more downtime. Yeah. But you're always working on
0: something. Like, there's never –
1: Like, oh, I get, like, a month off to do nothing. It's like, oh,
0: (laughs) Summers are always busy, whether you're working or not. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, in the
1: summer, it's a lot of, definitely a lot of going up to, like, north country. Yeah. It's, like, northern Canada and whatnot and doing those sheep and caribou and even moose hunts a little bit later as you get into August.
0: Yeah. It's nice to scout in the summer, especially if your fall is going to be really busy. Because then it kind of puts you a little bit of an advantage when you get those few days to hunt for yourself. Yeah. So... Yeah, elk scouting. It's on the <laughs> on the list of to do for the <laughs> summer. We'll see. We'll be launching this course this summer. So I'll probably be super busy doing that. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're a business owner and like my lifestyle hasn't always been just hunting photography, it's been hunting, fishing, film photography, and I'm running my own brand with my brother and selling apparel and releasing films. It's super busy, so it really depends on exactly what you do yeah and a lot of people like especially when you're first starting out you probably won't be able to like most people won't be able to afford to do it full-time right away yeah so i know there's some people i know like sam fought fires in the summer yeah sam and then just shot photos kind of as a side hustle which led into a full-time job now and i know other people and even myself like i'll pick up some days i do some fly fishing guiding and there's all kinds of things to kind of fill in yeah. your year as a hunting photographer because i mean even yourself you're one of the probably the most successful in the niche space of hunting photography on the authentic side and i mean you're not i did not busy. start
1: out as just <laughs> a photographer for one i mean like, yeah i mean i got connected with a few brands and i ended up working for them and i worked for an agency for like five years yeah and then that eventually gave me the confidence to propel and just do hunting photography. So, yeah, it's not like a. <laughs> I mean, that brings up a whole nother topic, which we'll discuss in a <laughs> yeah. different podcast, yeah. but just in regards to like mentorships or internships. But, um, anyway.
0: So then, topic. I mean, fall, I mean, hunts start in July, Yeah, but for like Western stuff, it's like middle of August, Mid- August usually. Yeah. And that's like antelope or early bow hunts for deer. Yep. And then it's just, like, almost till December just yeah, on the road if you're busy all the time. Yeah. Like, you, if you sleep in a tent or in a camper or on the ground, probably, like, <laughs> 95% of September, October, November. Yeah. If you're doing it right, and, and, uh, and August, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you like forget what your bed feels like, <laughs> <laughs> which, if you really like sleep, probably don't be a hunting photographer. Well, that's, even that's, though that's... some of the best sleep
1: I get is out on the mountain. Oh, dude, you, you were telling me about your power nap this last week. Oh, dude, the they mountain. were so oh, bear good. Hunting, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, I kind of I'm a, I'm a we'll call it a seasonal sleeper. Mm-hmm. So like in the summertime or when I don't have to get up and at 3 a.m. or whatever yeah like i am really good at sleeping <laughs> i could sleep till 10 a.m. no problem but as soon as like hunting season hits re- regardless of if i'm the one hunting or if i'm just out shooting it's like it's just kind of a switch goes off in yeah. your head and like oh, well, i don't even have to set an alarm like i will always wake up half hour before everybody else
0: yeah and uh hunting season is rolling. like you just wake up every day between like Anywhere from like 2.30 a.m. to like 6 a.m. I feel yeah. like every single day, just about. Unless well, you're, once you unless you're home mindset. for like one day to like yeah. chill, but then <laughs> you're probably super busy because you haven't been home for like a week or four days or 14 days, whatever it is. You need to do laundry, you need to clean your gear, and it's like you're not sleeping until noon because you probably got to be on top of it hustling, well,
1: especially if you have to deliver
0: too images quickly yeah deliver images clean my gear blah blah, blah yeah. three pack for the next trip boom <laughs> like yeah fall is like serious hustle because as a hunting photographer when you're on every hunt you're up typically before everyone else if you're documenting any of the process of getting the day going yeah making sure your gear's dialed and then it's all day in the field a lot of the time like hard physical like you're working harder than the people you're hunting with because you're keeping up with them and you're also moving around a bunch to shoot photos and crouching down here and climbing on this and like you're always on you know and then at the end of the day like you're documenting things in camp and for the most part, you don't start sorting your gear and getting your food dialed for the next day until everybody else has already done it. So you're like, first one up, last one to sleep. A day can be from like 4 or 5 a.m. to like 11 o'clock at night. And you can do that for like a week straight sometimes. Then it might
1: be some really epic nighttime photography where there might be northern lights. And so you I might know. have to get up at,
0: I mean, poor you got to get up at 2 a.m. and shoot the northern lights. Later. Dude, <laughs> There's been a lot of nights where like either you get up couple hours after you go to sleep or you get up at like three or four in the morning to like pull your camera in because it started to rain or (laughs) you don't want your camera to get rained on and sleep through it. You just shot a time lapse, but yeah. And um, I think probably it applies to both photography and film, but I know working on films is like just full time all the time like the but second you're shooting you're dumping your catalog and you're going yeah. through that process probably the second day. you get back to the truck you're like firing up the computers pulling the hard drives out trying to dump your cards keep it organized double back it up so you don't go home and have something lost and like trying to get your gear sorted like if there's something interesting happening in camp still documenting it like <laughs> for people that just hunt when they get back to the truck it's like chill time yeah whereas a photographer or a filmmaker like you're still grinding. Yeah, yeah, year round, it's
1: it's it's a constant. Like, like you said earlier on, it's it's hard to it's hard to turn that off. Yeah, and I rarely do. Sometimes I do for sure. i mean, lot have certain days where I'll just do whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely yeah. Me.
0: That's uh, and that's a tough thing because you know, like people will be like, "Oh yeah, you went elk hunting in Wyoming for a week. Like that must have been sick." like like you didn't really work where it's like dude i work my butt off like i got up early every day like carried a 15 pound camera like you know a lot of the times on some of these hunts you're backpack hunting yep so like your pack has five to ten days of food you got like sometimes you're sleeping in your own tent so you're like fully solo backpacking the only thing you don't have is like a weapon game bags knife some of those things but then add in all your photography gear all your backup batteries like when you start filming it's like mics and tripods you're like basically out hunting hustling shooting video photos whatever it is carrying extra weight (laughs) (laughs) getting up earlier sleeping like you know going to bed later like yeah it's super fun like you get a basically be on an elk hunt or a sheep hunt or whatever hunt and experience it but you're 100 percent working yeah that is fun but it definitely wears you out yeah it's frustrating when people don't understand it and view it as work yeah you know because they just see the front siding front side of it what are like your biggest complaints with like the lifestyle
1: Um, you
0: touched on this earlier,
1: but yeah, like it seems like everything I do with whether it be friends or new people or um, it's like the only time I really see my buddies or is if we're hunting. Yeah, and like that's cool, right? I get out with my buddies a lot, but we we don't really get to hang out outside of that. Yeah, I really don't have friends that are not in the same space. Yep. Um, it's, it's hard to because I don't, you know, almost. A lot of my friends that, that aren't in the same exact space that i'm in like all those friends they subscribe to a weekend mm-hmm. like they can only go out on the weekends and yeah and i'm eat? like hey let's leave like thursday they're like sorry man like i got like saturday yeah i'm like well <laughs> like, that's lame you know so you end up doing a lot of stuff by yourself if you do get a chance to go out by yourself yeah. or you just end up doing stuff with the the very select few people around you that also kind of have a similar lifestyle which sure yeah it's a good and a bad thing right but that's that's a tricky that's a tricky tricky situation and then i can never have a dog i would love to have a dog dude right
0: Being positive, positive. i don't know how you have to have like a serious girlfriend or a wife (laughs) i I got a serious (laughs) girlfriend but hope they're around enough to like take care of it when you're not (laughs) home which yeah
1: that does suck exactly yeah like i mean that's a hard thing to come by as well so but uh yeah
0: yeah that's a dilemma a lot of people run into is like having a steady relationship involves a pretty solid time investment and they have to be pretty understanding of what you do yeah because you're not around a lot yeah you know and depending on the personality type i know some people that are like out in the field and they're like oh, i wonder what my girlfriend or boyfriend's like doing back at home you yeah. know like Fortunately, I'm not that type of person because that'd suck. But for some people that are worried about what that other person's doing, like you're not around that much, yeah, like you got to have some trust going because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sucks worse than like being stressed out when you're out in the field about something that's going on at home, you know. Um, but nowadays we got FaceTime. Oh yeah, some of you have FaceTime dates from the tent.
1: I know, and you got in reaches, and <laughs> oh, yeah. you can stay in touch in so many ways. Like obviously, it's not like in person time, but like yeah. I mean it doesn't replace in-person time by any means but no there's certainly it's it is amazing how technology has like yeah adapted well
0: it has impacted that I suppose but uh, we don't have to write letters to each other anymore so no yeah, yeah. i think a big drawback <laughs> is that you when you set your own schedule you try to not do a lot of th- things on the weekend that the majority of people do yeah i could be like ah i'm probably not gonna hunt on the weekend or like i usually work on the weekend <laughs> i'll hike in on sunday you know i yeah. like and then i'll hunt monday tuesday wednesday thursday or something or like yeah. go in tuesday and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you don't get to spend as much time with people and for me it has been frustrating because fall like hunting season's a limited amount of time and your job is to capture high quality content and so you either go with people that you know know how to behave in front of a camera or killers or are connected to the brand. So you're not always dictating. It's not always just your personal choice of who you want to go hunting with. And not everybody has thousands of dollars of gear to look the part for some of these shoots for brands where they need to be wearing X, Y, Z or whatever it is. So it's tough to go like, you know, there's plenty of buddies I'd love to go hunt with, but it's like, a business decision of like i need to get good content i'm like unfortunately it doesn't make as much sense to go hunting with this person yeah or like just from a personal standpoint it's like i'd rather go hunt with that person than be really hardcore yeah but my job dictates that yeah
1: yeah i mean your job will always have a pressure on you at some point i wish i could turn that off but like yeah i mean if i, I feel that that way as mm-hmm. well so
0: yeah it's hard to find time like there's some people that want to get into hunting that i'd love to take out and it's just it's hard to find that time i mean the way that i'm dictating my lifestyle is providing me a little bit more of that time but i'm probably hunting less now as well i don't know Hmm. it's kind of a juggle yeah (laughs) i think you have like your love affair for like hunting kind of comes and goes too absolutely over time yeah like when you're really successful and you're starting out like it seems Not easy, but there's always like new achievement to be had. And then once you've been doing it for a while, you kind of, it can be tough. Yeah. If you're not, if you're trying to challenge yourself on public land, like do it yourself without just jacking someone else's spot, like trying to find stuff entirely based on your own time in the field and research, like, (laughs) especially if you're trying to kill bigger, more mature animals for whatever reason it is some people you go for me it's like that's the best animal to kill from the population and it provides the most challenge for me as a hunter to try to find that animal but then it's like oh my goodness why do i hunt mule deer in montana (laughs) 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 like why am i even out here like it's awesome it's gorgeous
1: but like man When, when i first went out on like freelance life i was like oh man like I'm going to work on the weekends while everybody else is hunting. And then like you say, like go out Sunday night and hunt the whole week. Yeah. And, like at first I was like, this is epic. And like from a hunting perspective, like, yeah, it is sweet. Cause there's a lot less people out there and you, can, yeah, there's a lot less hunting pressure and the animals kind of, um, relax a little bit. But after a while you kind of get like lonely. You're like, man, like never get to like, I know do anything with people. And like, if you had asked me that even two years ago, I would have thought I was absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I just, I think as you grow older, you kind of like, prioritize things a little bit differently or like like you say you oh, have yeah. success and you're just kind of like oh like i'm ready for like a, a, a little bit of a new thing or like sharing this experience with somebody and yep. kind of the lifestyle we live is like either you're on a hunting trip documenting or you're doing stuff alone because you can't mm-hmm. coordinate with other people that live
0: <laughs> a little bit more traditional like work lives to to go with you so yeah yeah i think just the older you get especially with like a passion or pursuit or hobby whatever you want to call hunting once you've achieved success, you just want to share it more with people. and I mean, I see young guys that like are just getting into it, and they're just like, they just want to do it. Every spare second they can get, whether it makes sense or not, where it's like, you know, as you get older, it's like you try to limit some of your time, mostly because you're more busy working and trying to be a professional at what you do, to where it's like, I ah, know it's probably not good right now like i'm going to work and then i'm going to take advantage of when it's actually good <laughs> and go out rather than like aimlessly like you know we used to start bear hunting the day it opened yeah and sure there might be bears out in the spring or you know the first few weeks like you can find and kill a bear but the best time are the first couple weeks of may like year after year yeah so maybe you should work <laughs> yeah <laughs> and spend more time when it's good and those are just things that you learn over time. And then I think the older you get, priorities shift inherently from person to person. And, like, hunting's still super important to what I do, but not as much as when I was, like, starting out. When yeah. I was, like, early to mid-20s. Do you think, and granted you've been in this space for a long time, but
1: uh, do you think you hunt more now than, or... Because you're involved in the industry, or because you've been involved in the industry, do you think you hunt way more now? Do you think you're a better hunter um, because of it? Or say you, you did something else, would you hunt way less? Like, what mm, do you think on that? One?
0: I think that I get a hunt probably more than if I did had a different occupation. Like, just for personal reasons, I'm scaling that back to spend more time on other things, but it. Taking the job that I did and being in the outdoor industry and creating content, especially since we got to be in front of the camera, I got to hunt way, 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 way more than most normal people. So that helped helped Travis and I get really good really quick. Because we got to like, I mean, there were years where like we were out for like almost a month straight hunting elk. You know, where some guys might get five to seven days. Yeah and like you get basically 3 or four, 4 years of experience in 1 year. Yeah. And you know, we haven't hunted since we you know, were kids. You know, like I got this is maybe like I think my 10th year now. But I probably have like 20 years of experience for like the the average hunter out there. Yeah. And then with Montana Wild, I mean, we got to do what we thought was cool and that was kind of what was appealing to our brand. So like we we did it all like we spring bear hunted like we did archery antelope we did archery elk rifle elk deer antelope coyote hunting wolf hunting mountain (laughs) lion hunting so it's like we got to when you get to pursue animals in that many different scenarios and environments from the plains to the mountains to whatever you just learn a lot about hunting i don't think i'm like a great amazing hunter in any one category but i feel comfortable going into any hunt and having a good chance at killing something or probably the biggest correlation to hunting photography is i could go on just about any hunt understand what i should be capturing and also if it's just me and one person be able to kind of be a sounding board for like ideas on tactics absolutely because both you and the hunter want to kill something yeah. Like yeah. the hunter's there to kill something. Yeah, you're not just
1: an observer when you're the photographer. No, like and the, very much in integral part of the hunt.
0: The chances of him not being like, "Hey, what do you think?" are like slim to none. Yeah. And when you can be like, "Yeah, like I think this and here's why." Like you just build trust and confidence in like the team. Yeah. Like you end up getting better quality of work. Absolutely. Yeah. So and you get invited back. Oh yeah, just like, <laughs> "Damn, like that dude's a killer." Like <laughs> <laughs> like we crushed like let's do that again next year so yeah um and then hunting season is over for most people at the end of november December's like catch up yep maybe like chill a little bit but it's like thanksgiving and the holidays are right there yeah <laughs> so like you're probably spending a lot of time with family which you haven't seen in a lot in a few months and
1: Nobody of the brands that you work with or your clients is working either. So you don't really have any like <laughs> yeah. deliverables or anything on those, those hand, those couple holidays. You can kind of take a chill, chill pill for a bit. But
0: yeah. Um, do you pretty much always travel with like your work set up to like be connected then? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: do. And uh,
0: I found that
1: a really big value add to the clients is being able to turn over images, even if it's just like, hey, just got done with the hunt, like here's like five, six shots. Um, And I'll just, uh, through my hotspot on my phone, Mm -hmm. so let's see know, my phone connects to the internet and then I can connect my computer to my phone. Yep. um, And then I can send images and stuff to clients or video clips, like they absolutely love
0: that. Yes, So, so if you don't know, you can use the cellular data off of your phone and connect with the wi-fi of your computer and be able to access the internet off of your cell phone's data yeah so if you can get good cell service you yeah. can hook up your f- computer and send an email with some images and yeah yeah not widely known surprisingly i yeah. know, I know. I mean, an airdrop. I had heard about it, but it wasn't until like probably earlier this year that I actually like started utilizing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was stay funny. hungry. I guess <laughs> totally.
1: I mean, honestly, that is a really great value add. And I, I was shooting a video series for Sitka uh, this fall, and like I was able from the field, like living, mm-hmm. like sleeping in a camper. I was like editing on the computer, like on this video project, and then I was able to, um, basically upload a high res to youtube and then send it off for approval from the field like we thought we were gonna have to drive to town and i only had like two bars of service
0: yeah but it was like that was sick yeah it's sick if you got unlimited data too well i didn't (laughs) i had like i think i had five gigs you gotta be pretty careful man i was like (laughs) gosh i hope this works (laughs) Uh.
1: anyway but yeah no i do travel with my uh i got a laptop and then i've always got two hard drives um one is my primary copy. One is a backup. Yeah. So Just always making two copies of everything. So,
0: yeah, you definitely get good at packing, <laughs> living this lifestyle, living on the road, sleeping in random weird spots, not showering on a day-to-day basis. Pretty used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question. What's the longest you've ever
1: gone without showering?
0: Dude, I bet it was like two weeks in the breaks. Nice. When we filmed the outlier, I think I was out there for like 30 to 35 days during archery. Yeah. And I think the longest I went was two weeks. Wow. There's like not anywhere you really can shower in the breaks.
1: (laughs) You wouldn't want to go. I had to drive up to, (laughs) I
0: drove up to Malta, like when I needed gas and like at the truck stop, you can like get a shower. So it was like, uh, uh, ah, like I'll go up there next week when I really need to. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean people are like dude you're probably so nasty and it's like you get pretty good when you're out in the field if you're hiking a lot and sweating like yeah like it's not bad i mean just like wipe down at the end of the day and like i feel like your body almost i wouldn't say adapts but yeah. i know when i'm home and i haven't showered for like a day i'm like man i stink we're oh, in the field dry. it's yeah. like okay like i haven't showered for a week but i don't feel like i'm that gnarly yeah totally like my totally. body just is like okay this is what it's going to be yeah and like i said i don't know if my body adapts or what but i feel like it's just a little bit different
1: yeah just being outside and sweating and working hard and like you yeah. know, your sun or your skin exposed to the sun like yeah i don't know <laughs> it's, like go, it
0: happens, it's like if you go it's like if you go swimming yeah. like if you went swimming and you went swimming all day like the water dries your hair out like so let's say you went swimming with really greasy hair like you'd come out like looking like oh dang dude when like your hair is looking good bro you're like you're out the lake all day you know or like <laughs> where it looks when like you're at home it's hair, like yeah. as soon as my hair gets nasty and greasy like it just stays that way you know where yeah there's something to be said about being outside my, my record for for
1: non-showering days consecutive 27 whoa yeah yeah i I had the option of showering at 25 and i was like oh no no i gotta keep going like i just this is like a record opportunity for me so
0: (laughs) yeah i hit about like five days and i'm wanting to like at least jump in the creek yeah which man dude that's the best if you can like man up you know and like go (laughs) jump and shower in the creek oh dude that's the best yeah especially after like a hard hunt. You just feel ready to roll. Yeah. So there's a benefit. Side benefit. <laughs> Showering in creeks. Hunting lifestyle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what What else is unique about the lifestyle? I guess another thing that's part of the lifestyle is that when you are working with brands, maybe more so on my front, where we were creating content, where we were, like I said, in front of and behind the camera, like it's not necessarily part of your payment, but it's kind of part of the deal. Like if you're shooting for a brand, they want you to have their product. Yep. So you end up getting, depends on your level of work and how long you've been doing it. Some people will pay for some of their product. A lot of what we got f- for our projects is all just free. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of top of the line hunting gear. Yeah. And if you're not getting it, you're going to get a discount so i mean i would never be able to afford and would never buy the gear that i currently own like the profession definitely affords you to have the top of the line stuff which is pretty dang pricey nowadays yeah (laughs) so that's definitely a benefit and a value added especially if like down the line you decide well i don't want to do this anymore and i've found this other job or whatever like you're probably pretty dialed yeah like the industry tells you you need new gear every year but a lot of this gear is going to last for a long time yeah <laughs> so that's a unique part of it other than you like oh my goodness i feel like a hoarder <laughs> yeah you don't look at my closet right now but
1: <laughs> what, what do you do with with all your gear like you know a lot of these companies it's like they want you to be wearing and represent you know the the, the new product and they come out yeah. with new product every year so it's like what does a guy, and this is a great problem to have, right? But like what does a guy do after a year when you have all this extra product that's it's like it's just hanging in your closet?
0: Yeah, I mean I mean I've done a variety of things with it. I mean, we've given away pieces to people. If I can find someone, especially if I go hunting with them that needs something and I have extra, yeah, I'll give it to them. Yeah. You know, we've done like bow giveaways, which can be a good promotional tool. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes brands will send you at the end of the year like i forget what the form is but they'll account for what they sent you as income yeah i mean so there has been times where like in the spring there's no project no money coming in like i have sold gear that's a few years old that makes zero sense yeah like they're just the brand's never gonna use any imagery with it yeah so i've had contracts
1: too that say after like one year like you can basically sell that that con for
0: the, the yeah bottom, and so. you know some people like oh man don't you feel bad like selling some of your gear and it's like no like that's part of like my payment yeah to go do what i do and like like i said if it makes sense i'm obviously going to give it to someone that doesn't have the opportunity to get gear or like if it's a high item price item like i'll cut them a hella deal you know like if it's a rifle or something like that um but yeah i just kind of go on a case-to-case basis yeah a lot of it stays in my gear box closet room garage storage unit wherever (laughs) for (laughs) way way too long and then i'll be like oh my goodness i need to do a purge and then it'll be like couple months of like trying to find ways to like either give it away or sell it or what do i want to do with this do i need it at the end of the day you really need a lot less than you think you do oh gosh yeah i mean what what do you do with your gear i mean i know you have a lot still laying around but i I, yeah i try to find people
1: that either i'm hunting with or just friends or girlfriend well whatever like try to try to connect those people with it and and like at the end of the day i mean if, if it can give them a better experience or like you know i like think it's that's super worth it but yeah yeah that's kind of the main thing so
0: heck yeah yeah unfortunately when you get that much gear you think you always need more yeah <laughs> so it's a really
1: great problem right it's like every single like you know Bullzag and i've been working with bow companies it's like every single year you get a new bow
0: and you got to go set the bow
1: up and you got to go like get accustomed and attuned to that bow and you got to build like a relationship with that bow and then by the time you do it's like oh new bow like again
0: great problem to have but (laughs) yeah this year i was like oh man like i'm just gonna use the same i'm gonna use my halon from last year and like this is gonna be sweet like i don't have to like like, every year the bows are better, yeah. and they're sick, and it's awesome to get a free new one. But it's also a big time commitment to be legit and set it up, tune your arrows, shoot your broadheads, sight it in, especially when you can't shoot at your house. Yeah. You have to drive 15 to 20 minutes to shoot your bow, and then shooting often takes, like, an hour.
1: No, well, I mean, you got to pay for it, and there's yeah. like all these extra expenses that come along. With it. But and then,
0: then a new project comes along. And <laughs> now i'm gonna be shooting a new boat which is awesome i'm stoked but i mean yeah that is like a good problem to have i guess yeah like people oh my goodness dude yeah you're screw you guys but (laughs) like that's just a perk of the job other people get sick 401ks and health care part of our job if you're self-employed you gotta pay for your own health care you gotta set up your own retirement account you got to be smart with your money. Yep. A lot of people aren't. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm 32. I just got a 401 or a Roth yep. started this year, which is like totally fine. Like I don't, but I if I started 10 years ago, I know right? I have yeah. be doing pretty all right. <laughs> and a lot of people that start out when they're starting their business, are so focused on your business, you know, you're trying to kind of cut costs. and. Well, yeah, you put all
1: your money back into the yeah. business and whatever and you don't think about that stuff. So
0: and healthcare is like you want to have some type of policy. Lifestyle we live. Yeah, I have not mercy. been seriously injured, never broken a bone, never needed uh like a surgery to repair a joint or anything like that. So I just get like something where like I have a high deductible. Yeah. Where if something bad happens, I'm not totally screwed. Yeah. But I'm not the person that goes all the time. But even a high-deductible plan still costs a fair chunk of change. Oh, yeah.
1: like I pay 400 bucks a month for a fairly high-deductible plan. Yeah,
0: dude. I don't know how families afford health insurance. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Not to get down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, being self-employed. I mean, like in Montana, too, like taxes are huge. It's what, like almost 20% that you pay at the end of the year? Yeah. When you all account for everything? It might be more than that. <laughs> dude. Yeah. And if you're not paying in quarterly mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you're like, whoa. Yeah. If you didn't set that money aside, you might be in trouble. But and that's stuff that some people can't relate to. If you've just worked or been employed for people, a lot of that stuff's way easier. That's just part of the lifestyle of being a hunting photographer, unless you work for a brand. Mm-hmm. You're your own business owner. Yep. You have to do your own accounting, your own taxes, your own finances. So I, I worked
1: slash interned at an agency for about five years before I went out on my own and I definitely worked a lot there, did tons of overtime and just trying to absorb and do as much as I possibly could. Yeah. But, you know, as and then as soon as I went out on my own, like, yeah, I have a lot more flexibility and kind of control a lot more things and, I'm, 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 and I am my own boss, which is awesome. But I probably work two to three times more than I ever did at the agency and I worked a lot at the yeah. agency. And so it's like triple time and like, yeah, I'm making more money, but at the same time, like you don't have any of these benefits there. You don't have a lot of consistency.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You can't just like, (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to tone her down today. And kind of not that you should do that in any job, but like there, there is that, you know, there's, you kind of got to always be on, on the go.
0: Yeah. So that's another point about the lifestyles. Like when you run your own business as a photographer, like, Time management is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And oh man, your day never goes the way you want it to go. <laughs> it's like you need to be on top of your emails. If you go check the mail and it's like you get stuff in the mail regarding your business or like quarterly reporting or your insurance policy or like Some
1: checks to go to a deposit, like dude, things just add up. Yeah.
0: Especially like tax season, you got to do your accounting. Like there's always something that you didn't quite foresee. And if you're really like, Running your business efficiently and well, you're constantly checking in with that. You have to manage your own social media presence. You have to deliver to clients, write contracts. Managing your own
1: social is a full-time job in itself. Yeah. Like, if on my page, if I want to do it really well, I probably spend a half an hour on every single post. Maybe more.
0: Yeah, we almost skipped that somehow. So, (laughs) in case you didn't know, a huge part of the lifestyle of being a hunting photographer, for most... And it's important, I think, is being present on social media. Yeah.
1: Taking advantage of free advertising platforms to get your work out there and show people who you are. That's going to create jobs. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think over time when you start to figure out what it is you want to do with your social media, how you want to brand yourself, what do you want to post? There's ways to be more efficient that we go through in the course you know, like creating collections in your lightroom so that you have images to pull from and creating galleries uh, on your phone saving drafts within the app there's programs like HootSuite or I don't know what you use Drake that social schedule social and That's they actually post know. for you yeah but there's there are ways to be more time efficient with it. absolutely any
1: little hack you can find to increase
0: your efficiency is huge. yeah yeah so like throughout the year when i'm just going on shoots i'll create a collection in my Lightroom that'll be different instagram categories hunting fishing instagram stories like any way you can categorize it that's unique to something you want to post on your social media and then if i ever need something i could just go straight to that pull something um if you know you're going to have a bunch of, like, posting coming up, I'll, like, export 10 images, and I'll just create an album on my phone that's, like, Zach's Instagram, or if I'm working with a brand, you know, like we used to do stuff for Bear Archery. It's just, like, a Bear Archery album. Yeah. And then I can go pull from that. If you're not logging in and out of accounts, you can save drafts. Within Instagram? Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah,
1: not Well, I primarily just schedule all my stuff on schedule. I've been using that for years.
0: (laughs) See, we don't know it all. (laughs) We don't know it all, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, if you're not logging in and out of accounts, you can go in, like you're going to create a post, and, you know, if you want to add your filter, whatever, pick your image, um, write your caption, add your hashtags, tag people, whatever. If you just back all the way out of it, it'll ask you if you want to save your draft.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: And then it within the app it'll save i mean you could save 50 drafts no kidding so like if you're like okay i'm gonna be super busy this month i've got a three-hour block i could get on lightroom i could pull 20 images that i like make sure they're edited put them on my phone pull up my instagram and start banging out captions for all those like and this is without having to buy any software or anything and then Anytime I get a free second, like, I don't even have to be that present on social media. I mean, it's advantageous if you're part of the community and interact, but let's say you're super busy. I could just open my account, go to my drafts, pick one and literally hit share and then get off, Sick, you know, and still maintain my presence there. Um, It sucks if you log out for some reason, like I manage multiple accounts and sometimes like Instagram will only let you have five logged in at a time. For some reason, it's only four for me. <laughs> <It> says <laughs> I am logged into five, even though I'm not. It's flagged you. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to log out. And I learned, I didn't have a ton of drafts, but I learned that when you do log out of your account, it it just, it doesn't save any of that. Hmm. So there's like a little hack. Totally. That's but huge. yeah, when we were doing more social media management before whatever it is that you use, like Hootsuite was and still is a great platform yeah. to schedule in Instagram content.
1: And so that one, like you it on their site and then they, they send you an email with the yeah, poster. Like I'll work?
0: just, I'll write, you know, you upload the photo, write your caption, you'll schedule it. And the, you can see all your scheduled posts on a calendar and stuff like that. Um, and so then it just sends you a notification to your phone. Like if I had gotcha. a post scheduled tonight at eight o'clock, eight o'clock, I get a HootSuite notification, open it up. It copies the photo and the image oh and you know it says are you logged into the account you want in instagram you click yes or no it takes you straight to instagram and you post it super quick nice nice that's cool but you have something better than that it's yeah, more so, pricey for what i would have had to use it for but yeah
1: i think if you're getting going probably it's probably a bad call but i think i pay it's based on the amount of followers you have but i think i pay like 33 bucks a month for this service it's called sked social that's s-k-e-d social.com yeah. and uh but, to my knowledge, it's the only app out there that allows you to like schedule posts from a desktop and, and then they actually post to your Instagram for you. Yeah. So I don't That's actually sick. log in to actually do it. So huge right. time saver for me and how they get around that. So if, um, if you're familiar with Instagram, you can only post from either a mo- from a mobile device or a tablet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they, they basically there's no way you can post directly from like a desktop computer or a laptop or anything yeah so the way they the way they get around that is this company out of australia um um, i I talked to a representative there like a year ago and i guess they have a giant warehouse that's just full of tablets (laughs) and apparently like one tablet can apparently be logged into more accounts than a mobile device so they have like this warehouse full of tablets that's logged into all these different instagram accounts and um and then those are connected to a computer anyway so it's from that warehouse, you know, <laughs> they log into your account and then they post for you. Yeah. <laughs> but it works awesome. They have uh, great analytics analytics on there as well. Um, but,
0: but I, I mean, even if it's like three to 400 bucks a year, if you're on the road a lot. Oh, it's huge. Like, I think you should be able to for sure justify that if it's in the budget yeah. for what you're doing Yeah, to be <laughs> promoting yourself all the time. Yeah. Like, if you just had one advertising route, I'd say go with that and make sure that you're posting your content all the time yeah and then i mean because a negative to the lifestyle is the fact that you have to be on social media a lot yeah like absolutely i would love to just totally if i could delete all of it i would yeah i'd probably have my own page and i'd post once in a blue moon you know but that's maybe just my view of it because i've had to spend so much time on it yeah you know i'm sure just more pe- people that live a normal life and don't spend a lot of time on there might view it differently, but yeah, it's worth it sometimes to not have to be on there all the time. Yeah. So things to think about. Yeah. What else, man? I think that covers a lot of the bases of the lifestyle. I mean, it is it is our
1: lifestyle for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. I'm sure we can find more things to talk about. I think that covers a lot of the main bases of it and gives you guys a sense of maybe what it would be like if you're not in the world of hunting photography and want to be. And huge positives, for some people, huge negatives. It's kind of a balance of what you want with your life. Um and yeah, if you guys if there's something more missing that you think is like super key. Like shoot us a message through social or through the website or whatever. We'll try to touch on it in a future podcast. Sweet. Peace.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah.